You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. We got this. Hello, financial grown-up friends. Welcome to the show and to something we hope to do more of, and that is financial grown-up guides. Quick little episodes that are going to give us key information about tools and resources that we can use to live richer lives. And okay, let's be honest, have a little more money. Today, we're talking about health savings accounts, aka HSAs, not to be confused with FSAs, which are flexible spending accounts. If you're looking, by the way, for what we call our classic episodes, they drop on Mondays and Thursdays these days, so you can check those out. We have a catalog of more than 100 amazing high achievers sharing money stories and advice. That's all in the feed wherever you listen to podcasts. If you don't even know where to begin, you want some ideas, DM me on all the socials, on Instagram at BobbyRebel1, on Twitter at BobbyRebel. You can also just email hello at financialgrownup.com. And we are happy to give you some ideas if there's a topic that you are interested in. Let's talk about HSAs, health savings accounts, because they are getting a lot of buzz and for good reason. Here are 10 things you need to know about HSAs and why it is so urgent. There's so much money at stake, guys. It is so urgent that you find out if they are right for you. Number one, what are they? Health savings accounts are tax-advantaged savings accounts. That means you can put in pre-tax money, as in you are not paying tax on this money, which can save you a huge amount. That money can then be used now or in the future to pay for medical-related expenses. It's a good thing. Number two, you love paying no taxes? Okay, so how much can you put in? That's been changing every year. For 2019, you can put in up to $3,500 if you are a single person doing this, if it is a family account, the limit goes up to 7,000. If you are over 50, there is a catch-up contribution of an additional $1,000. Number three, what kinds of things can I use it for? Well, generally things that you would get reimbursed for by insurance once you use up the deductible. So not the biweekly premiums that you're paying if you have a corporate job or the premiums you're paying however you pay for your insurance. But yes, you could get reimbursed for things like a doctor's visit where you're paying because you haven't reached the deductible or if you have a medication that's not covered by your insurance because you haven't yet met the deductible or just not covered by your insurance in general because you have a high deductible that you haven't met yet, which brings us to number four. Am I eligible? Okay, here's what you need to know. You have to have, and ready for another acronym here, what they say is an HDHP, that is a high deductible health plan. That is defined by the IRS as having a deductible of 1,350 if you're an individual person. If you are on a family plan, a high deductible is considered 2,700. So for example, if your deductible for your family is 1,200, which is something typical on a mainstream plan, uh uh-uh, not eligible. Okay, there's some other barriers here. You also have to have a really big out-of-pocket. So your out-of-pocket for individuals has to be, and these are high, $6,750 for individuals and $13,500 for families. So those are basically the maximum 
out-of-pockets that you would pay if you have these high-deductible healthcare plans. You also cannot be enrolled in another medical plan, and you can't be enrolled in Medicare, and you can't be a dependent on someone else's tax return. All right, number five, how do I actually set it up? This is so easy, guys. Usually, it can be done right through your employer, right along with the healthcare plan, and it's usually a good idea to do it there because a lot of companies will also put money into the account for you. So it's that whole free money thing, which is always a good thing. For example, according to Mercer, the average company contributes almost $700. That money goes to your account, it's your money, and then it's not included in your gross income. So it's basically free money that you're not paying tax on. It doesn't get a lot better than that. It can also be set up through financial institutions, which brings us to number six. What does an HSA cost? Okay, so many financial institutions do charge fees, but they are often waived if you can maintain a minimum balance. I'm gonna leave some links in the show notes because this is where it gets really complicated, but I'm gonna leave you links to some articles that rank financial institutions by things like the fee structure. So places like Morningstar do a great job at this. There's also an article that I'm gonna leave from the College Investor, which is run by financial grown-up Robert Farrington, who is a friend of the show. You guys should also make sure to check out his great episode. Also, with financial institutions, because you're not hooked up directly with your payroll, you're probably going to be putting in after-tax money. You can then deduct it from your income when it comes to tax time. So it's all good. Number seven, what if I don't use all the money? So this is my favorite fact about HSAs. You get to keep the money because it is your money. So it rolls over until forever. Even if you later go on Medicare and you can't contribute to the HSA, you still can use the money to pay medical expenses. So it's just good all around. And by the way, FSAs, flexible spending accounts, which as I mentioned, are often confused with HSAs, those are use it or lose it at the end of the year. So, and there's some differentiators there. There's a whole episode on FSAs, so check that out. But basically the concept with FSAs is it's use it or lose it. HSAs, yours forever. Number eight, what if I leave my job? No worries, HSAs are portable. Number nine, explain the investing thing. Okay, the money is invested in various choices depending on where that account is. But here's the great thing. The earnings, assuming that they are used for eligible medical expenses, are also tax-free. Great deal here, guys. Number 10, what is the catch? Okay, so the big catch is that if you think you're gonna have big medical expenses or you won't have the cash to actually save and fund the HSA, you might wanna consider a lower deductible health plan. It's a safer bet and you won't get hit so hard with high medical bills because after all, HDHPs are high deductible health plans. So that can be a lot of out-of-pocket cash if something does happen. They're great if something doesn't happen. They're still that big emergency payment if something big happens because you are still limited, even though not as much, in how much you'll get hit with out-of-pocket. So there's still some protection there, but they are riskier. So you may not be able to stomach that kind of risk or just not be in a position to have that cash around so it's okay. It may not be right for you now, but it's important that you evaluate it and make that choice. And remember, even if you're not in an HDHP and you don't do an HSA, you can still be doing the flexible spending account. And by the way, guys, as I alluded to earlier, we did a whole episode on creative ways to use flexible spending accounts. I will leave a link 
for you guys in the show notes, so check that out as well. And thanks, as always, for joining us and for putting in the time to get a little bit closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.